This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. The City of Seattle recently announced their Tenant Improvement Fund, which can provide small business owners with up to $100,000 to improve their commercial space. And we're going to talk about this issue is Shara Imlog with the Seattle Office of Economic Development. Good morning, Shara. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this morning. That's good. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Shara, uh, let's start this conversation this morning uh, by talking a little bit about the purpose behind this initiative, especially from the perspective of the City of Seattle and the Office of Economic Development. Absolutely. And so, you know, we really want to tackle the issue of affordable commercial spaces in Seattle. We want to be able to uh, make sure that our small businesses um, are able to stay and also um, have the opportunity to expand their businesses in Seattle. And so with this fund, small businesses will be able to apply for up to $100,000 to help build out or renovate uh, their their current spaces. Right. And, Shira, the city of Seattle, um, especially through OED, has really taken a comprehensive approach to investing into small businesses, and specifically in this instance, you know, commercial affordability uh, in the area. You know, why is that so important and why is that such a a strong initiative as, as it relates to the OED, especially when you guys are taking, like, you know, it's, it's you know, it appears from to me from all the different initiatives, you guys are really taking a, a, a long term approach and really put some time and resources into kind of putting these programs together to really have a bigger impact on our local small business community. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that there's our. Um, we're trying to create some intentional investments, right, into our small business community. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways uh, to spur economy. There's a lot of, um, you know, avenues now online that small businesses are able to generate revenue, which is wonderful. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, there's there's something about being able to go into a small business at the heart of a neighborhood, um, specifically with small business owners that reflect uh, that neighborhood as well, um, and the community that is built by going into an actual brick and mortar. And so we just want to ensure that, you know, there's, um, that our that our storefronts continue to stay activated, that our storefronts continue to stay full, and that those same storefronts have the ability to, to have uh, the small business owners that are um, from that community, that employ um, folks from that same community, and this is just one way this tenant improvement fund um, that we believe can tackle that issue of commercial affordability. 
Right. And sure, you bring up, uh, as I'm listening to you talk, you bring up a very good point um, about, you know, small businesses and really uh, small community-based businesses. Because oftentimes you see initiatives like this that talk about small business, whether it's from the Small Business Administration or from different uh, municipalities, and they talk about small businesses. But some of the, the community-based small businesses um, sometimes aren't eligible or fully take, able to take full advantage of things like this because a lot of Sometimes these initiatives are meant for um, some of the bigger small businesses and might kind of exclude, um, probably not intentionally, but more systematically, some of the um, smaller community-based um, businesses that we have that are really the, the fiber of our community. Can you kind of uh, talk about that a little bit, how um, this initiative that you guys have is really um, a broad stroke for these community-based businesses to be able to really impact their bottom line absolutely i think that that starts with our eligibility requirements you know we we really wanted to design a program that specifically reaches out to for-profit businesses that are independently owned um, we are looking for businesses that are not a franchise or a chain and and businesses that have um 50 or less you know full-time employees with two million dollars or less in gross revenue so you know, we, we do want to ensure that, you know, this particular fund, it, it is $1.9 million, which can seem like a lot, but, it's, but it, it isn't in the grand scheme of things. And so we wanted to make sure that these particular investments are, are targeted towards the smaller um, kind of, you know, more mom-and-pop shops, businesses that, um, you know, also on top of this, this is these are funds that are directly coming from the um, ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan Act. And so... We are uh, looking for businesses specifically, too, that have experienced direct economic disruption because of COVID-19. So it's kind of tackling both issues in terms of commercial affordability um, on top of uh, all of the economic disruption and the impact that small businesses, especially, we know, disproportionately within the BIPOC communities have had during this pandemic. Right. And um, when you spoke about eligibility, um, are there some other eligibility requirements um, outside of the ones that you just outlined? Do they have to be in a specific, um, you know, area? I'm assuming they probably have to be within the city limits of the city of Seattle in order to, to apply. But are, are there some other eligibility requirements that uh, you didn't cover with the information you just provided? Yeah, there's a few more. Uh, a lot of it, again, kind of going back to either eligibility requirements for where the funding is coming from, but also um, really trying to intentionally um, have folks in that pocket where, you know, they have two locations or less. So we don't necessarily, um, uh, we're necessarily, not necessarily trying to, uh, we want to be more inclusive, right? And so we want to target those folks that are a little bit more, maybe smaller, have two or less businesses. So that is an eligibility requirement. Um, we are interested in folks that are close to um, or either have a current space or ready to build out a new space. And so there is a requirement where um, we are going to be requiring a signed lease or an LOI within six months if that business uh, is awarded. And, and absolutely, because it is a City of Seattle um, uh, fund, the business does have to have the project specifically in the City of Seattle. Right. And, Shira, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the grant amounts because certainly it says up to one hundred thousand um, dollars but uh, how was that 
uh, how do you guys go about determining uh, the actual amount that could possibly be granted? Um, you know, and is that something that's based solely on uh, the business owner and the application that they provide, or is there another type of set of criteria that kind of goes into um, that equation as well? Yeah, so in, in the application, applicants will be able to go in and request uh, based off of their tenant improvement projects they are requesting from the city. We know that a lot of tenant improvement projects, specifically ones that are building out new spaces, uh, may cost more than 100000 most likely will cost more than 100000 So, you know, for, for those types of projects, uh, this fund is not meant to um, kind of fill the entirety of the the tenant improvement project at full. So this is meant to kind of supplement and add on to um, already hopefully um, some some budget that, that the small business owner has already tried to pull together or is currently pulling together. And so um, we expect to get a wide range of projects. You know, we've um, had some folks kind of calling in or emailing in and asking specifically about which projects uh, would be eligible. So, you know, it, it can be... Um, anywhere from you know a small business owner wanting to upgrade their HVAC system or put in an air conditioner or maybe they they don't have a proper sign outside of their of their business and they want to be more visible right to the public to let them know hey this is who we are you know um, this is what we do inside this in this storefront all the way to somebody going into a um, empty storefront that's just Kind of built out and new and doesn't have the plumbing or the HVAC yet. And so uh, we're expecting to get a fund in the application. Um, the business owners will be able to tell us, you know, how much is the project in total and how much out of that total budget is being requested out of this fund. All right. And are there any restrictions um, on the types of things that they can use it for? I mean, you talk about a broad range of things they can kind of go for, but are, are there things that um, the fund cannot be used for. Yeah, so we aren't able to well, have the fund go to, like, let's say, rent, right? So really, it's specifically for tenant improvement projects um, and costs that are associated with that. And so oftentimes, TI projects are things that are um, connected to the space, right? So, uh, and equipment um, in in you know, especially like with restaurants, like equipment is a big piece in a tenant improvement project. And um, we are um, we are allowing things like, I know that a lot of places are bringing their seats outside. And so if there's something um, that can help the business uh, uh, generate more seats, uh, revenue through seats like a sidewalk cafe, let's say, that would still be considered a tenant improvement project. But you know, anything um, that's connected to utilities or, um, you know, starting up your lease and rent and all that stuff, uh, unfortunately, would not be eligible through this fund. All right. And uh, what are some of the responsibilities of the recipient? And, and um, you know, like in terms of like, you know, they have to secure their own contractors. Are there some kind of reporting requirements that take place uh, that, they, that they should be aware of? You know, what are some of those expectations that you guys have of recipients? Yeah, so we are going to be, so the application closes on September 8th. We'll, we're going to be um, reviewing all the applications in September, awarding in October, 
And once we are able to reach out and, and let the folks know who did receive the award, um, they will have six months to supply us either um, an LOI, letter of interest, or a signed lease with their landlord. So that um, helps us really understand that they are near ready for their specific either current renovation project or um, new um, build-out for, for a new space. And so that's one requirement. If, if an applicant isn't able to provide us with an LOI or a signed lease within six months, we do unfortunately have to go on um, to those that will be putting on a wait list. Um, and then in terms of disbursement of funds, we do have to have a balanced budget. And so uh, if the project is, let's say, going to be $100, they requested 75 from the Tenant Improvement Fund, the rest of the $75,000 uh, to complete that project would need to be already committed so that that budget does need to be balanced before we are able to, to disperse the funds. And then we do want to manage some expectation, let folks know that this isn't technically a grant, although it is a, a 0% forgivable loan. So this uh, pot of money, once awarded, would be forgiven um, if uh, and once the business has been operating for a year after the completion of their project. Oh, okay. So um, in terms of uh, how some of the business owners kind of look at it, it's kind of set up in a similar fashion kind of to like the PPP loans where they exactly mm -hmm. okay all right and uh, what does the application process um, look like and I know you guys have some I believe some informational uh, sessions coming up as well um, but is it a is it a long application process is it pretty detailed you know should people kind of take a look at it um, beforehand and then kind of get their plans together and then kind of do that? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, that's a great question. We, you know, we did try to put a, a good amount of thought into making sure that the process was not too cumbersome, but at the same time, due to the amount of uh, what the award would be up to 100000 we did need to have um, some substantial information, right, from the applicant. So we are holding some information sessions that folks can uh, uh, register for. We have one on August 16th from 6 to 7 p.m. These are virtual. And then August 29th from 10 to 11 a.m. And that can be found on our website at Office of Economic Development with a registration link. And then we also want to make sure that folks have other avenues to access this information. And so if, if they can't come to those specific ones, um, they, can, they can call our OED resource line Folks can call in, 206-684-8090. They can also email in at oed at seattle.gov. Uh, we have a language line where folks can um, leave a voicemail in, in language. Uh, we have seven different languages that folks can um, leave a voicemail in, and somebody uh, from that particular uh, language will call back and help folks answer questions. And then we also have our partners over at Lake City Collective, who is able to, uh, who's opening up their office Monday, Tuesday, Friday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. to actually provide some um, in-person support to fill out the application. Um, and the application's online. We are offering folks to submit any tax returns or anything like that, uh, financial documentation up front. However, folks are asked, you know, what is, uh, what was your gross revenue and profit for 2019, 2020, and 2021? 
and once you do click onto that online application link, it will give you a list of documents to, to go ahead and gather, so it'll be an easier process. And then on the top right-hand corner of that same application page, there's a preview. So you can actually look at all the questions before tackling it, and it's a portal. So folks can go in and save their application if they're not able to finish it all at one fell swoop, and then come back again when they're available. Right. And, um, um, Shira, before I forget, I think um, one of the things that might be important is to kind of going back to almost kind of the why and the purpose of this, um, as because we, we went through a lot of information, but I think I want to kind of bring it full circle for people to understand, you know, what are some of the, the intent or some of the intended results that you would expect um, for a business to um, have, you know, once they com kind of complete their project? What is that overall um, goal that you guys have in mind for uh, the business uh, moving forward after they complete these projects? Yeah, I, you know, I think for us as um, OEV, we really want to respond to this immediate need to fill empty storefronts. You know, there's quite a lot of real estate out there in the city, and we want to be one one avenue to respond to this and support the economic recovery of Seattle through this particular inclusive and intentional investment. Um, we also, you know, hopefully as, um, as these small business owners are able to either sustain and, and you know, not be displaced from their specific place of business or be able to expand into um, a new brick and mortar. Ideally, this is just one step into that path of wealth generation for business owners. You know, it. Um, I think having a storefront and being able to have that asset is is can kind of be life-changing sometimes, right? And so, mm. you know, being able to have a business uh, continue on into a community and then have that same business potentially go on from one generation to another um, can really help, you know, not just that particular family, but ideally, you know, once that family understands, you know, how um, to secure commercial locations, be able to sustain commercial locations, what a, what a favorable lease is, and, and all the kind of other technical assistance that this program can offer to, um, I wanted to plug and shout out that, you know, we do have commercial space consultants that will be available to our our applicants where they can help them with their budget and can help them, you know, if they get awarded with a space design um, for up to 10 hours free. And so, you know, just really trying to make it affordable for businesses to continue to um, generate revenue and ideally in the long term generate uh, generational wealth for their families and their community. Right. Well, Shira, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. Before we uh, finish that close of the segment, I want to ask you once again to provide some of the pertinent information related to this, uh, this uh, the grant, um, as well as the uh, application deadline uh, and the times and dates for the virtual information sessions, um, and also how people can um, access the applications as well. Absolutely. So the Tenant Improvement Fund application is open now. It's open on a rolling basis until September 8th, 2022 at 5 p.m. It's an online application and it can be found on our um, Office of Economic Development City of Seattle website. 
And uh, it, I just wanted to tell folks, too, that it is not a first-come, first-served. So have folks, you know, take their time to really complete a thorough and complete application. And then our info sessions will be held on August 16th, 6 to 7 p.m., and then August 29th, 10 to 11 a.m., uh, virtually via WebEx. And you can register for that on our website as well. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. Thank you guys for putting together this program and uh, just make sure that the information gets out to uh, business owners who can really take advantage of uh, these funds uh, to hopefully really um, help get them stabilized and set for um, future um, endeavors and moving forward with their own personal business to really grow their business and, and sustain them. Thanks for having me, Chris.